right, guys, this is Mrs. Brightside, where the glass is always half full. This week, I have Mr. Dave Child. Hello, everybody. (laughs) It's me, Dave Child. Such a chill beginning. Just laid back, talking about the bright side of life. Yeah, like, you know, I went to the number one school for jazz. That really isn't a brag, because I didn't go there for jazz. It's Uh also known to be a pothead film school at the University of North Texas. But that soft jazz is still in your soul. Exactly. Even though I have no musical talent, there's still a jazz soul inside of me. Welcome to Bratside. Here's a new theme song. Yeah. It's Mrs. Bratside. Open up the curtains. Look outside. What's outside? It's Mrs. Bratside. Um, We are clipping that and making that the new theme song. Even So good. Yeah. It's so good. Lex Michael loves it. Yes. Yeah, Lex Michael is I'm revealing you're in the room right away. I'm here, but I'm not here. I'm here, but I'm not here. Good. Yeah, exactly. We all know why, right? Yeah, we all know mm-hmm. why. Mm-hmm. It's because he's here. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But he doesn't have his own mic because I'm too cheap to have a producer set up for more than two microphones. No, and wow. it's my show, Lex. <laughs> it's my episode. Your episode's coming later. <laughs> this is mine. I got nothing. <laughs> oh. Well, you know what? Let's just get into it. Yeah, Since um, this sort of brings me to the point that we're trying to get the bright side of um, yeah. bombing on stage. Bombing on stage. That's what I That's what I bring to this mix is I can talk about bombing on stage. Um, so I do I do stand up and I'm also an uh, actor and I do a lot of stuff. But one thing I'm probably going to end up talking about a lot and I want to get this out of the way right away is clowning. Because because yeah. I've been getting into clowning recently, and it's not the type of thing that's like uh, honk honk, like uh, juggling. Yeah. It's the type of clowning that's more like Buster Keaton or uh, Charlie Chaplin or Mr. Bean. That sort of kind of very vulnerable, checking in with the audience a lot when it's when it's like live clown, and um, you're always kind of your most vulnerable self, and not quite getting right into a character but kind of teetering on the edge of a character and just a vulnerable version of yourself. Yeah, I know when you said you were taking this clown class, Frank and I, then uh, Frank Moran, if you guys know, at Happy Go Jackie, who's also, you know, hopefully going to be doing this eventually, which will be funny since Frank's not very He's not bright at all. Yeah, but we were yes-anding that to death when you said you were taking a clown class Mm -hmm. and going along with the rodeo clown, the what we think of clowns. I mean, I'm more like twisty, uh, vulgar, those kind of clowns. I mean, they can be fucked up, but yeah, I'm like, I love like this idea of clowning is more of like the Buster Keaton version. Right. And it's also about like uh, the classes that I've been taking are all about bombing. They're all about doing really bad because most of the exercises in the class are, hey, here's a chair. Uh, be funny. And it's not like we have material or anything. It's we just go and try to be as funny as we can with just us in a chair and following impulses. And uh, my teacher is Phil Burgers. He's uh, that's his real name and his clown name is Dr. (laughs) Brown. So it's very... (laughs) 
So yeah. his real name is sillier than his clown name. But he's uh he's he's one for being very brutal about like if you're if you're not funny, he's just instantly gonna be like, Wow, that's uh that's that's bad. <laughs> that's like uh it's I'm not no one's really laughing. And if one person's laughing, he's like, Oh, that guy's laugh doesn't count. And it's just all working against that feeling of being like desperately wanting someone to laugh at you. That's life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's brutal, but it's also so helpful. And whenever you bomb on stage, it's, it's kind of a gift and you have to get really comfortable with it. But it first seems like the scariest possible thing that could ever happen. It's a lot of people's like fears. Yeah. And that's the thing is as comedians, we just want people to laugh. But what people don't understand about that is we want people to laugh because we're dying inside. So the bombing on stage right. can be a little bit worse. And not to talk about myself too much, but at least your class where you have a chair and you just have to be funny was like that. I once went on to an audition for Dallas where they were like, this chair is Josh Henderson and you're going to be a furry dog. Like as in furry as in the people in the dog costumes who hump things. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they're like, due to this chair, what you would do to J- actor Josh Henderson. So I'm like, this is a much better story. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is sweet. You at least have like yeah. a goal and yeah. a thing to do. Yeah, make And it's work. helpful when you get a prompt like that. It's less helpful when it's just you're totally on your own and you're playing with that. But um I yeah, it's just when when it comes to just bombing, it's just it's it's something you gotta you gotta hope for. Because after a while you also get into the sense of like if you're really good at something and if you know a bit works, it starts to get boring after a while. Yeah. Like you do really well and you know you're gonna kill that night, but after a while it's just like I know I'm gonna kill. So the thrill of succeeding in something is kind of gone. So you have to dive into the bomb and try to do the worst you can or do new stuff that could possibly fail horribly in order to find good new material to do. Yeah, and that's what I like because my stand-up teacher, and this is what kind of had taken me out of it for a while, was like, no, you just need to do the same jokes over and over again and get better at those. And I'm like, well, that's boring because if people already laugh the first time... I don't want to do that again. I've already right. accomplished that. So now I want to do something new. Would you agree with that? Well, I, I agree that I think yeah. you need to have, you need to have five minutes. Yeah. You need to have at least five minutes that are solid. And then you can move on to the 10 minutes and then you could keep and, and keep going up and trying to get more and more of a thing, but you still need to say the same jokes over and over again to, to try and to make sure they work. And in stand up, a good, easy net is if you have a strong beginning and a strong end and the middle is where you try the new stuff out. Yeah. So this way you can be like, Hey, here's, here's a joke that I know will work. Now you like me. Here's one that probably won't work now you now you hate me but before i go like me again that's it's all just like back and forth so you do need to kind of put in the new stuff in it but you also need to work on getting a solid five to ten minutes and then 20 and then 25 but after a while it's just you still don't want to do the same 10 minutes over and over again you you want to just do the stuff that works and switch it up, change it, try to improve it. So keep, keep moving so you can keep bombing a little bit. If that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you've got to, the bomb is meant to be a learning experience as yeah. we've talked about before is you want that because there's no way to improve upon 
everybody loves it. Yeah. 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 It's boring when everyone loves it. It's like that. Like I do. I'm in a comedy dance troupe as well. And when we have a a set that works, it gets boring because we're just we're just doing the dances. We're doing the choreography. We know it's going to work and we know people are going to like it. But we need to have a new dance. Eventually, we don't want to keep doing the same dances over and over again because they're going to kill every time. And we're not discovering something new or, or kind of bettering ourselves. And isn't that a old phrase dance, the same old dance, isn't it? Sure. Yeah, it sounds right. But you know, yeah. else but move the, with different moves and then find and waltz with yourself. I think all of this works. Yeah, that, that sounds right. I like to waltz with myself. Your now dog that just is, sounds right. Your dog is yeah. giving me this look of like, I hate, I hate you. <laughs> Zephyr, is that your look? Or Zephyr just like, I can't, I don't understand what you're talking about. Yeah. Cause you're a dog. She's special. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I could talk about my dog all day long. So welcome to the dog yeah. cast, uh, yeah. where we really dive into, uh, Lucretia's dog. Yeah. Her name is, uh, Zephyr after the red hot chili pepper song. The Zephyr song. Of course. Song. Of yeah. course she is. Well, I do smoke pot and <laughs> when it goes along with smoking pot and being But you're 15, not from Southern California. No, That's... actually I'm from East Texas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where are you from? Uh, Mr. Dave. Cow? I'm from Massachusetts. Yeah. I came from Massachusetts and I moved out here in like two. 2007 so it's been like almost 12 years now I guess since I've been out here and I started doing stand up out here and uh, but I was in a comedy troupe back in Massachusetts and I started doing stand up because uh, my other comedy troupe members didn't come out here with me so I still wanted to do comedy so I had to kind of do stand up by myself in order to kind of do comedy at all I felt live see that's what I like because I always did stand up because I didn't really have friends and this is not meant to be <laughs> sad this is like Mrs. Brightside uh-huh. you know it was happy I've always been a bit of a loner and I've always been able to be going on my side so I like that you started out with a troop but you did stand up because they didn't come with you where was your troop started yeah. it was in mm-hmm. Boston mm-hmm. we were called Chocolate Cake City and we mm-hmm. served uh, chocolate cake at every single show I like that uh, we spent a lot of money on chocolate cake and we had the best audiences and after a while we realized oh they're all coming to our show high so they can eat chocolate cake but it was good it, we we had a we had one of the first like internet hits because we did a mashup trailer for um called broke back to the future where we combined Brokeback Mountain and Back to the Future. This sounds like a good thing. Yeah, it's like we can. Can we find this online? Oh uh, yeah, I think it's yeah. still there, and it became kind of a big hit enough that like, <laughs> and when a friend of ours was like, "Hey, we should post this on YouTube," and I was like, "Oh, what's YouTube? This is how long ago this was." And then they posted it and got pretty big enough, so I got like a job afterwards at Warner Brothers and then I came out to work for Warner Brothers to try and make funny videos and uh, with like one other member of the troupe but then after he left and after that job kind of after they just didn't know what to do with us and so after a while then that's when I started doing stand-up to try and figure out how to be funny on my own but um yeah 
Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I've been doing it ever since and sometimes failing and sometimes being real funny. Well, that's all about being funny. I mean, like a lot of things aren't going to hit, even though, because here's the thing, as people call me Jimmy Fallon for laughing at my own jokes, but if mm. I don't laugh, who else is going to? Sometimes yeah, it's a, it's a trick where you have to get yourself to the point of laughter and then hold back. But especially with stand-up, I, I try to be as weird as possible. And that's a good thing to do with actual jokes that you know work. If you can, if you have a joke that you know works, but you can stretch it to the point where you're still laughing at it or you want to laugh at yourself, it's a good way of, of finding new meat in that joke and just kind of keep going. Like, I have a lot of jokes that's just me having a flimsy premise and then going off on a weird tangent. And if I can go off on that tangent in an interesting way until I'm laughing at myself... Good. Then I can find something. Yeah. Do you ever worry? Because I put a lot of my notes in my phone, some of which are just like Mighty Ducks, Joshua Jackson, Nambla. Like, I don't know where you go. Like, you're like, okay, this is going to get weird. I understand where this is going, and it's not as dark as it seems. But if someone were to ever get your phone, would they find these same sort of things? Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. And also, when you look back at old notes, you're trying to figure out, like, what does Nazi pickle mean? (laughs) It just says Nazi pickle. I don't know if that's. Is that a joke of some sort? I don't know where I was going with that. And then it's in the same list as like, okay, well, I know I, I, I know what bitch face means. I know what bitch face is, but I don't know what Nazi pickle is and fat voice. I got that. I still use that all the time. Still use fat voice, but not Nazi pickle. (laughs) But where did, Oh, I know what Nazi pickles from. That's from when I had that pickle and it was bad. (laughs) And you kind of try to figure things out. You need to write it. I've learned. I have to write more than just the one word to describe it. Sometimes I have like in my, notebook one word just to kind of uh, brainstorm something or just like hey this is a something to write a joke about but I've also tried to do you know the morning pages where people where you wake up first thing in the morning and then you write at least a page or two like right away and can be kind of rambly I heard this great podcast called um, song exploder and they were talking to rivers Cuomo about his songwriting process. And he has the most convoluted songwriting process I've ever heard, but it made me want to try and write jokes in that fashion, which is he wakes up, he does his morning papers and he writes out just random things. He's either been dreaming about or thinking of doesn't matter. And then there's another day where he goes back and highlights every like little bit that could be maybe a piece of a song or a premise for a song. And then he puts those premises into a spreadsheet <laughs> and then he looks at the spreadsheet and he tries to connect the stuff. And then when he starts to actually put the music together, he figures out the guitar part as a vocal, which he pitches up. So it, so it could sound like it is as a guitar part. And then he does like a piano for the bass. It just doesn't, he's all over the place, but that premise of like actually highlighting things, in your own morning pages and just kind of brainstorming and having random thoughts. It's a good start and it's maybe what to do that, but I'm not able, I'm not a spreadsheet guy. I'm a guy that has like 10 half filled notebooks because I love a new notebook. A new notebook is like 
beauty. But I fill it up halfway and then I'm like, I don't know where else to go with this. <laughs> put it on the shelf. I like that because I'm a huge fan of Weezer. Actually, if I ever got married, that was where I would spend my money is having Weezer be the band. Uh-huh. Um, that's how much I love Weezer. That'd be a lot of money. I yeah, I was That'll like, be... yeah, you know, I don't care about the other stuff. I just need a dress and Weezer. But um, what about like a Weezer cover band? And no, it, it'd have to be Rivers Cuomo. I'm sorry. Like oh, okay. we could fill in the other members, but you know, just Rivers because apparently he's a spreadsheet guy. I'm a spreadsheet person. I'm normally like, but not with comedy. And now I'm like, ooh, if I could apply that to comedy. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, I like Weezer too, but yeah. not the recent stuff. And um, I do I have love to say, the Red album, like the greatest man that ever lived, is like one of my favorite songs by them. Okay. It's goofy. Okay. I haven't listened to yeah. it very much because every time yeah. I try to listen to a new Weezer album, it's kind of like, yeah, okay, this is still this. And then I turn it <laughs> off. You know, Eddie Van Halen once said, ACDC has been playing the same song for years, but it's a great song. That's and true. that's how I feel about bands like Weezer, too. Yeah, yeah. that's very true. Yeah. And yeah, that's right. I can quote any Van Halen, guys. I saw Van Halen Impressed. at the Hollywood Bowl with David Lee Roth. It was amazing. Ooh. Yeah. Look at you. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I guess any questions about failing or bobbing, I can, yeah, I can I, fill it up. Yeah, that's the thing is, what do you think is one of the best possible scenarios with failing? Like, you know, are you able, like, next time to just reco- see where you failed immediately, or does it take a few more times? Yeah. I think the best thing you get from, a, from failing and bombing is the want to try again. I, I don't ever fail and bomb and feel like, well, that's it. Pack up my things and walk away like like the Hulk. I, I don't have that feeling. So I feel like... A, no, wait, that's a, it's Charlie Brown. It's the same premise. Yeah, it's pretty similar to the Hulk walking away theme. Yeah. I know um, that more from Family Guy, but yeah. Yeah, but... uh uh yeah, it's just like you want to you want to attack it again. You want to go back and kind of prove it cuz um I think one one thing my friend Jonah once said is that you have um, you always feel when you're stand up, you always feel as good as your last set. And that's very true and could be very hard life. Yeah. <laughs> because if you your last set is a bomb, you're going to want to get on stage as soon as possible in order to get a good set and feel much better about yourself because it is about, I think you said something like this earlier. A lot of, a lot of people get into standup because they want to control how people laugh at them. And if they don't, and it, it's kind of tied into their own validation a lot, which is why I don't recommend getting into standup. Just don't go, don't become a standup. It's like getting addicted to a very, um, complex drug that you need to like, yeah, it's like hit. your own heroin. Like yeah. that's why rock stars do heroin because getting up on, stage and playing the same songs over and over is not, I mean, it, believe me, I think musicians are the most talented people on the planet. Right. Not to say that stand-ups are any more talented. It's just, it's a lot harder because people being drunk and listening to the same songs over and over again, a lot easier to please. People who are hearing jokes possibly for the first time, 
not so easy. So yeah. it's a heroin in itself. Yeah. And at the same time, it does have, you do have the same jokes you want to hear again. And sometimes you yeah. have people like I've opened for people that have very popular jokes and they, you get an audience, you get fans show up and then they yell out the joke. They yeah. yell out like, say this joke. We want to hear this story. And they have to say it. So it's, it's made me realize that the more famous and more successful you get, you're going to have someone like yell out, you know, tell the Nazi pickle joke because they love the Nazi pickle joke. They just can't get enough of it. Yep, it, it's like your um, I'm Rick James, bitch. Yeah, Nazi that's pickle. that would be my yeah. Nazi pickle. I have no Nazi pickle joke. Yeah. It's just for the record. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, I think you're just you just want to come back and attack it and you find little stuff. And sometimes if you're able to bomb in a way it's sometimes not a bomb at all like if you're able to i've had i've had moments like i have one joke where i talk about just spending too much time at disneyland and then i get really tired and i have like a blister on my foot so one time i messed up in the way i was talking about it. i was slurring my words a lot so i just said i was wicked tie tie and i got a blister for a foot and it kind of came out that way and i didn't mean to but it got a laugh, so that, that's how I tell the joke. That's like a, a way those have entered the joke as one of the formulas of the joke. It wasn't a bomb. It was just me finding a new way of saying it. And a lot of, like, mess-ups and, and tripping over your own words can lead to kind of gold in that sense. So it's the best stuff that can come from it. Yeah, I know. Like, I remember, like, I had been doing stand-up for a little bit, and um, I walked out on the stage, and it was a primarily black audience. Audience. And they're looking at me really weird because they've introduced Lucretia Lyon and I obviously don't look right. like it. Um, and I normally would start out obviously with a joke about my name clearly being African American. And then the way that these people looked, I just wanted, I looked at them and said, who here thought I was black? And they laughed out loud so hard and were raising their hand. And I'm like, this is how I need to start out every time now because yeah. of the way they were well, like, seriously? But you <laughs> yeah. might also find if you, yeah. if you have an all white audience, yeah. they're not going to react. The yeah. Same. They're not going to do that. So you have to like, think of something else. But yeah, yeah it was because I was like, Oh, you know what? They're like, seriously, this trick. <laughs> yeah. You read the room, yeah. you read the room and you feeling, and that's, that's the tricky thing also is, you too often if you uh, say a joke and it bombs that might not be the only time you tell that joke oh, yeah. like there's a way to go back and tell that joke a better way or maybe it's just need to have more energy behind it it needs to be a, at a different place in the set <laughs> Like I had one joke that was just, I can't tell it at the beginning because they don't know who I am yet. They don't trust me. And once they trust me, then I can get real weird. Like I have one joke where I just go off and make noises for a full <laughs> two minutes. It's like an animal collective song. Yeah, yeah. basically it's like yeah. my animal collective joke. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just about me because. suddenly seeing boobs and then going into like a cartoon reaction to it, which goes on way too long. It has that joke feeling where that Seth MacFarlane way of doing it, where it yeah, goes past it's, the rule of three, but we love it. Yeah. yeah. It's it, well, the, I think this, there's another rule in joke 
that's one of my favorite ones was you do it until you do it while it's funny and then you keep going until it's not funny and then you keep going until it's funny again. Yeah. And it's this weird it's you have to feel it out, but you have to dive into it. And those are my. F- yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's those are my favorite jokes to do, especially to a. <laughs> I love doing it to a non-responsive audience because <laughs> it's just like, oh, this is just for me. This is I'm in. That's when I really enjoy a bomb because I know they're going to leave that being like, I don't understand what just happened or who that person was. And meantime, I'm just having fun up there. I'm just doing this for myself and making myself laugh and enjoy it because they don't understand what's going on. They don't understand. I get to like have that fun. Right, Zephyr. Yeah, right. <laughs> She's shaking her head. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, it's it's, <laughs> and so you have to keep doing jokes to different crowds to see also what fits. Like there will be jokes that you can't tell in because of the certain crowd, but you can do it. Like there's a, there might be a joke you can tell in L.A., but you can't tell in Boston. But you can tell in Boston, you can't tell in L.A. So it's 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 interesting. You have to discover that. And the only way to discover it is by bombing. Yeah, I mean, apparently Zephyr shook her head. She really didn't find you that funny. Yeah, so I wouldn't tell that in yeah. front of a room full of dogs. Yeah. 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 Uh, just staring at your dog now. I know. She's just so cute. What's the, have, what's the worst that you've ever bombed, and how did you feel after it? Well, I think I did a weird open mic at Corky's where it was like there were three of us women and it was the three women that went together. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of anti-women jokes. So, like, I pretty well started out like, yeah, women, right? Like kind of just mocking them. So it didn't obviously go well, but I felt good about doing it because it was like... I'm basically going to do all your jokes now instead and mock you. So I felt good about it, but obviously they didn't think it was very funny. Right. And that's just, yeah. And that's also open mics are just the open mics will make you scared to tell a joke again, but then you realize you're just, (laughs) you're just in front of more broken people that are working on their own jokes. So open mics are a great place to practice bombing. It's a great place to practice. Okay. This is how it feels to be in front of a non-responsive audience. And also, or you could find your friends that go to open mics and then you can really tell jokes for your friends and then you guys can give each other notes afterwards. Yeah, because that's what really helps. And that's why as much as stand up seems like a one man game. And that's sort of why I got into it, because I'm a lone wolf. And if you guys if I had a visual, Dave is wearing a three wolf moon shirt on. But um, yeah, now you're all judging me for wearing this three wolf moon shirt. You know what? It's pretty cool. Um, But um, yeah, like that's the mentality I went in. But I found quickly that in order to really succeed at this, you have to have a group of people to go with you. You may be up on stage individually, but you need to have people there punching you up, giving you notes. And, you know, it's not a one man game. Yeah. And also, or if it is just one man, you have to record your sets and listen to them afterwards and be like, oh, this is where I lose them. Oh, this is this could be a better tag. There's a better tag in there somewhere. But yeah. Yeah, because that's the thing is sometimes what you think is the hook isn't necessarily the hook. No. Yeah. And also you got to listen to the audience and see where you get to laugh. If you get to laugh earlier than you expected at something you said, maybe your joke is entirely different than how you think it is. So you got to listen to it. 
So. Yeah. So, um, what's your favorite joke? My favorite joke that you do. Or I don't want to tell it here. I don't want to tell it here because I don't. I don't like telling my own stand-up jokes. Oh. Just being like on the spot like that. I think because you have to get into. Yeah. You have to get into it's the a feeling. Story. Like I get that. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I am doing a I'm doing a clown open mic tonight, actually, and I'm looking forward to. I'm gonna do a new character. That I have it not really a character, but I'm trying a new bit that I'm gonna see what happens because I'm hosting the mic. And this is a clown open mic, so it's everyone doing their clowning bits, but for the first time. So it's good to see. It's at the Lyric Hyperion. If you're ever in LA, check out the Lyric Hyperion for a ton of great clowning shows. But for this one, I'm just hosting it and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be like a shock rock DJ. And I'm gonna So you're gonna be my dad? <laughs> basically gonna be your dad. <laughs> But I want to introduce it like, um, like, hey, hot body coming at you from K N U E. Yeah, uh, now get ready for your host, DJ Deep Dick. And then I come <laughs> out, and then I want to wear like a bow tie and a really nice, like, buttoned up shirt and sweater vest and look like the opposite of what you think. So, not my dad. DJ like Dick that. will look like. And then, but every time I talk on the mic, I'm like, ooh. That's a good one. And then hit hit a sound machine button to make fart noises and stuff the entire time. And just play with the audience and just start to interact with the audience a little bit. And I don't know if it's gonna work. I don't I've never done it before. And even now saying it out loud sounds pretty bad. So but it could end up being like a new fun bit I can do. And the only way I know how to do it is just to see if it fails. Well, and too, that's what's so funny to me is like so my dad always looked the part of the shock jock DJ. Yeah. Long hair. I mean, he looked like Ozzy and Alice Cooper had a baby and it was him. Uh-huh. And um, you know, wearing the t-shirts and everything. So that was Todd Lyon. But other DJs did not look the part. They were just the voice. Like, 70s Show has a good episode, the one with Alice Cooper, where Donna starts working at the radio station and turns out the guy with the sexy voice doing the sound is Curtis Armstrong from Revenge of the Nerds right, and right. everything else. And he's like hey guys you want to play D&D later when he's not on the radio and that's a lot of the people we would meet my dad was the one person uh, other than Howard Stern maybe to look the part and to be honest Howard Stern may look the part but he doesn't go out and drink he goes to bed at 9 p.m. he doesn't live the lifestyle so it's always funny yeah, and I always think of, uh, what is it, Wayne's World 2, where it had uh, the guy from Spinal Tap was the, yeah. was the shock rock DJ. Yeah. Yeah, so that's funny. That's very accurate, because I say, my dad may be one of the few that actually fits the part. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's you know, but I probably am not going to do that good tonight. Huh. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever done it, and I'm also not planning it out very well, because I want to kind of improv with it and uh, and work off the audience, so who knows what that means maybe i won't have a very responsive audience so it'll end up failing but i'm looking forward to it because i think i i it does feel like a badge of honor when you kind of fail right when you when you bomb correctly then it's like okay that's something i got now i got something to work off of i've experienced well because too if you bomb 
there's at least a reaction. Yeah. But sometimes when people have no reaction or they don't remember it at all, that's the worst thing you could have. Yeah, that's really the worst bombing. That's really what I call bombing. I don't know if... I've never really been booed. I've said some jokes that have definitely gotten to... uh, Like once I did a... uh, Last time I did the comedy studio um, in in Boston, I said a joke because I came out and was like, it's the last time the comedy studio was in that in the space. It was it's my one of my favorite places that I've always seen stand up at. And when I was a teenager, I used to go see stand up there. And then I when I started doing stand up, I went to back to the comedy studio every time I was in Boston. And this was the last time they were there above this Chinese food restaurant before they moved to a whole new location. And they they're on hiatus right now building their new location. So I just it was the last time I was going to do there. So I came out and was just like, ah, so this is it. This is the last time. Just me and you. And then I looked behind the curtain and I was like, huh, not what you think would be back there. And that, then I said something like just one naked man masturbating. <laughs> And then I said something like, uh, I guess that's where Louie's been the last couple of months. And that's the reaction it got because I was also in his in his home base. Like he was he's from Boston and he used to go to the comedy studio a lot. And I got a good reaction from half of the audience. And then the other half was just like, mentioning him and uh that was wonderful that was like a good that was a reaction and i didn't mind it if it was silent it would be terrible it would be much worse as than if than the groans i got from it yeah and and that's why i will say i am one of those people that is all for subversive humor i won't repeat some of the jokes that in my family based on recent events like are pretty awful but at the same time this is how we're dealing with a situation that's what people don't get is like this joke is not meant to minimalize the situation at all. It is meant to deal with it in a way that we found. I mean, when my grandpa died, like we were getting ready for the funeral. My brother is trying to tuck in his shirt. We don't normally do that. And um, my mom goes, unbutton your pants. And he goes, oh, mom, now's not the time. You know, making a joke. That you got the have. weirdest family. And then we're it's like, so we all in this sad moment just start <laughs> laughing. And then it, you know, sort of open the door for more incest jokes but yeah still, yeah <laughs> <laughs> your family loves the incest jokes. <laughs> well we do have cousins that are married so as we right. say people we're from east texas we have cousins who are married we're allowed to joke about incest sounds good yeah, yeah i mean the yeah. similar thing happened my dad died when i was in high school and he was a very large man um and he we got him cremated and he was in a tiny box that i carried and put in my trunk <laughs> and i remember I remember holding him and being like, well, he finally went down to his baby weight. <laughs> and, and you say my family is weird. And yeah, dark. well, it's like you have to joke yeah, in that exactly. sense. Because we literally put him next to groceries like to take him to the graveyard. And it was surreal. And in that moment, you have to find whatever you can to kind of light, lighten up the lighten up the feelings. And I think that's what's happening now whenever you make a joke about current events or or the monsters that used to be our heroes. So, you know, you just have to... This is how we process the feelings. This is... 
how we do it. And we listen to, we have jokes about Cosby and we have jokes about Louie and we we're just working through these feelings of kind of feeling a little betrayed. And yeah. so we have to work through it. Yeah. Cause that's the thing is Bill Cosby and what he did was more as people put it, it's like your dad betraying you or something. So there was a lot more feelings as opposed to these other scumbags, like, like Woody Allen or whatever, or even Louie, yeah. like no offense because Louie is a really funny comedian, but what he did is a lot less severe than say Cosby, because we never saw Louie as our dad as we did with Bill Cosby. And I think that's why people are a little bit more open well, to joking about it. And then it's not as like, say personally painful, but yeah. Yeah. Also yeah. Bill Cosby is a rapist. Yeah. So exactly. <laughs> that's way worse than masturbating. You know, there's, there's the, yeah. both are bad, but Bill Cosby's always going to be a rapist. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it, he's the, he's the worst of the worst. And it's, and it's not the, like actually Norm, Mac, I was watching comedians in cars getting coffee. Oh, and Norm Macdonald is my favorite. Comedian. Norm Macdonald made the best freaking joke to Jerry Seinfeld. Cause I was, I was wondering if how Jerry feels about the whole Cosby thing, because he has a moment in comedian where he talks to Cosby and he's basically fawning over how great Cosby is. And this is before all this stuff kind of was revealed or came out. And I, I believe that actually Cosby didn't know because he's, I mean, I'm sorry, not Cosby. He knew, but uh, Seinfeld didn't know because he's probably in his tower somewhere and didn't hear. Well, and two, there's a difference in New York and LA and, you know, Seinfeld a lot of times spends most of his time in, yeah. you know, and, and he's not talking and yeah. gossiping yeah, as exactly. much as, as the other people, unless he's on a crackle show. But um, in this, it, but he was with Norm McDonald that Norm says like, Hey, do you think, uh, do you think um, Cosby's legacy is going to be, ruined and and, and Seinfeld was just like yes yes I do <laughs> and and then Norm was like uh, everyone should see this it's stupid for me to repeat it but I'm just going to repeat it anyways and then he says uh, so I was talking to Patton Oswald and he was talking about how like the, the worst part about it is the hypocrisy I don't think that's true I think the worst part is the raping right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I don't it's, it's, it's the raping and, and ever, when you're a rapist it's not like you kind of are always hypocritical. You're yeah. like, there's no rapist out there that's just like, you know what I really love? Just raping. <laughs> that's the only thing I love and I really focus on. It's just raping. So that's Norm McDonald's joke yeah. from Comedians Car Getting Coffee. Well, and that's why why Norm is my favorite comedian. Oh, so and, good. Um, he's also disarming all the time. Yeah. It feels like he never knows what he's doing and yet somehow he is. He always knows what he's doing. Well, yeah, because I think of one of my favorite SNL bits from back when Norm did weekend update and it was like you know he was upset about michael jackson being called a song stealer he's like yeah how dare you sully his reputation michael jackson is a child molester and this was <laughs> long before like even the major allegations and that was yeah. the thing is this is norm is norm is going to tell it like it is and just be that guy and because that's what it is cosby's a rapist michael jackson was a child molester oj was a murderer get over it <laughs> and Louis yeah. C.K. masturbated in front of women. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's... So that didn't seem so one-sided. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those were all the norm jokes. I can't help it. <laughs> now that we've talked yeah. about the bright side of uh, mo of heroes being monsters. Yeah. <laughs> really diving into it. Hey, 
we're laughing about it, isn't yeah, that? Yeah, that's the point. Yeah. Oh boy, just don't like you know. Just try to be the best person you can be. When it, if you want to look on the bright side of all that shit, it's yeah. just like just try and use that as an influence to be a better person. Especially if you're like, listen, I'm. <laughs> I'm a fat white guy, straight white guy in comedy. It's like, I just got it right now. It's my job just to be the best person I possibly can be. Cause there's so many crappy versions of us out there that have been taking advantage of, of the advantage that we have. And the best thing we can do is just try to be the best, try to open the doors for other people. Try to like, if you're booking a show, book as many women or people of color or any diverse shades you can possibly have don't just fill it full of white guys because the white guys are going to be there we're always there we're always around yeah, and no one hates themselves more than white guys and yeah. that's why they're more in stand-up i mean and and that's, well, that's the right side of that it's also because yeah i mean it's to be truthful <laughs> to be truthful it's also because like we're more welcome here than than other than other people even women are not as welcome as like the white guy I could walk on stage and as a chubby white guy, I'm going to get a laugh right away because people are used to laughing at me. If a woman comes on stage and sees the same size as me and even white and comes out on stage, people aren't going to be very sure if they can laugh at her because they don't feel like they can. They're used to laughing at, at, at fat guys. They're not used to laughing at fat women quite yet. Or like any or any woman. So it's it's a more of an uphill battle and I have it a bit, bit easier. And as long as I recognize that and uh, try to keep myself as positive as possible and not try to like abuse it. If yeah, that's, as long as you don't masturbate in front of any of us or right without your us, permission. I mean, yeah. If yeah. I have your permission, Lex Michael, then it's <laughs> totally fine. Always. <laughs> <laughs> that's recorded now. Yep. So Lex just consented just, on this recording. You just open so, the yeah. door to always. Yeah. That's what happened. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So as long as you don't masturbate in front of anybody without yeah. permission or drug and rape them, I think you're you'll be fine. Yeah. Wow, the bar yeah. is so high. Yeah. <laughs> it's the highest bar you could possibly have. <laughs> This is stand-up comedy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, do you have anything else to say? Mr. I mean, Dead I think Child? I've, I I've said it all. And <laughs> more so. <laughs> I hope I didn't ruin something by this, the conversation. Uh, well, I'm fine. So yeah, I don't know about you. I think you, we're good. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we're going to be okay. How about you, Zephyr? Zephyr, did I do okay? <laughs> She cool. Um, drooled on the mic a little bit. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. Good drool sounds. All right. Yeah. Thank you, sweetie. How did you, Lex? Did you enjoy the show? Oh. Oh, I'm having a great time. <laughs> Lex is having a great time. Very, very here. <laughs> yep. Hello. So, um, Mr. Dave Child, where can they find you on social medias and other places? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Yeah. You could find me at Mr. Dave Child or DaveChild.com, and at DaveChild.com you can see some shorts I've done. Some, uh, if you can see my dance videos with Liquid Feet, and uh, you can see all upcoming stuff and uh, sign up for the newsletter. See some music videos I'm in. Yeah, and if this gets released. 
before the show goes out there. We do the Legends of Tomorrow after show at yep. After Buzz TV at 8 p.m. on Tuesday nights, Pacific Standard Time, guys. Um, we but, talk about time traveling superheroes, but yep. don't call them heroes. They're misfits or something. Misfits, outcasts. Um, Listen, it's the weirdest CW show, and we get to talk about it. And it's mostly just an excuse for all of us to hang out. So it, follow us there. Yeah, exactly. Follow us on that show. And um, guys, I'm Lucretia Lyons. You can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. And see you next Tuesday. Swamp off.